Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are, Big Thursday Show, the penultimate show of the week. I love that. For some reason, I like that word, penultimate. I don't know why. It's a very fancy way of saying next to last. So it's the next to last show of the week. Um, and a lot's going on. There's so much. I pulled up several stories to talk about. You know, I should not watch news before I go to sleep. That's my problem. That's why I don't sleep well, because I'm watching like Fox News before I go to sleep. And there's always a story that I see that gets me upset. And then I think about it for like two hours before I go to bed. I think, all right, I'm going to talk about that story tomorrow. That story I'm talking about tomorrow. And sometimes I get so mad, I forget the next day. It's like, I'm so mad, <laughs> I can't sleep. The next day I forget what I'm going to talk about. This one I didn't forget, okay? So yesterday, just yesterday, on yesterday's show, I read the story about the Cochrane Report, right? Which showed like 78 studies that masks did nothing, right? I know I'm not sure. I know when I talk about these things, I'm not shocking anybody who's listened to this podcast for the last year and a half, year plus. I know that. But we are getting these stories now, right? We're getting these studies and major outlets are allowing these stories to be released about how, uh, you know, three years later. And so I read about the mass mandates not doing anything and being useless and destructive. Well, just before I go to bed, I see the story that now the George Mason study finds no evidence that vaccine mandates did anything. Positive, of course. We know they did a lot of things that were negative. But in other words, vaccine mandates did nothing to stop the spread. Just like vaccines did nothing, just like masks did nothing, just like lockdowns did nothing. And remember, they'll lie to you. They'll say, oh, no, we did this for this reason, that reason. No, all these things were done for the reasons they gave, which was stopping the spread of COVID and ending COVID, right? That was the whole reason, right? Wasn't that objective to stop COVID, to end the spread, to stop COVID? And they said all these mandates were so necessary because it would end COVID. Well, it did. So the latest is a new study from the Mercatus Center at George Mason University concluded that COVID-19 vaccine mandates in nine major cities did not appear to make a difference in terms of curbing cases or deaths from the pandemic. The study examined mandates. Now, this is a shocker. When you hear the when you hear these nine cities. You're going to be shocked by the, the connection. Think if you could think about I want you to really think hard. My, my listeners are very smart. Think hard about the connection, all right? Boston, Chicago, L.A., New Orleans, 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 New York City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, District of Columbia. What could be the connection? What can be the connection? I'll leave that out there to hang out there. Here we go. Right. We find no evidence that the announcement of implementation of indoor vaccine mandate in the cities listed had any significant effect on vaccine uptake, cases, deaths, and is largely consistent for all cities that implemented the mandate, said a working paper on the study titled Indoor Vaccine Mandates in U.S. Cities, Vaccine Behavior, and COVID-19 Outcomes. The authors, Vitor Mejo, Melo, Ajaya Nelson, Elijah Nelson, and Dorothy Kemboy, know that vaccine mandates were among a number of measures used with the intention of reducing the spread of COVID-19 and deaths. As a result, they said millions of people were prevented from entering restaurants, bars, gyms, theaters, sports arenas, and other public indoor areas without proof of COVID-19 vax, and people and businesses facing large disruptions, of course, from that. In New York City, 1,430 city employees were terminated for not following the mandate, and most restaurants lost customers and staff. 
Most supporters of the mandates claim that the associated increase in vaccination rates and its implied reduction in the spread of COVID-19 outweigh the cost of disruptions. However, we find that the effects of the mandates on their intended outcomes are not statistically noticeable in any of the cities that were implemented in all empirical strategies used. A key reason for why citywide mandates were not effective, the study found, is that they are too easy to get around. Unlike count countrywide mandates imposed in Europe, people can get by unvaccinated get by by unvaccinated cities with mandates by simply traveling to a neighboring city. COVID cases were not affected by the mandate. COVID deaths were not affected by it, and people were not more likely to get vaccinated at all in the first place, Mello said. In contrast, the working paper noted that other studies have shown that countrywide and province-wide mandates <clears throat> in Europe and Canada were effective in terms of resulting in more people getting the vaccine because, of course, they were mandated to get it. The authors also pointed out that by the time the studies studied cities implemented their mandates, a significant percentage of their population had already been vaccinated. The idea behind the mandate is more people are going to get vaccinated, therefore we're going to reduce the spread, Melo said. The first step really never happened. Now, Fox also reported, not in this article I'm reading, but in uh, on the television show, that Seattle, they had gone to uh, you know politicians in each of these cities asking for response to the study, and only Seattle responded. And Seattle, Seattle's response wasn't, yeah, they didn't work. Sorry, we did it. Uh, yeah, it was pointless and destructive. No, Seattle doubled and tripled down. They said, oh, no, the vaccine mandates worked. That's why our cases, if you look, our cases were so low. Now, they never said, first of all, there are 85 million things that are idiotic about that statement, saying they believe their vaccine mandates worked because they, they, they claim that their cases were low. Okay. But Seattle never said compared to Seattle never said compare our cases to cities with no vaccine mandates and tell us the differences. Of course not, because they know there is none. In fact, Seattle's where it all fucking started in the nursing homes in Kirkland. So what the hell are they talking about? That's early on and in March and April of 2020. They had some of the highest numbers. So another thing Seattle didn't seem to say, this is this is the incredible disconnect. And this is why, as I've said a million times before, there needs to be punishment because these people are not even admitting they did anything wrong. They're not even admitting all these studies that are being done that prove they did things that were wrong and destructive. They're not admitting they did anything wrong or destructive. They're not admitting they did anything even slightly off. That's why they need to be punished. I've said it a million times. They need to be punishment. We can't just move on. Look. Seattle said they did nothing wrong and what they did worked. Criminals say that all the time. Murderers say it all the time. They were, they're innocent, right? We're, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything wrong. And then we try them. And if a jury finds them guilty, they go to jail. We need to try these people. We need to try these politicians who implemented these things. Okay? They need to be put on trial. People would take, oh, oh yeah, of course. They're going to say, oh, yeah, we're guilty. Guilty as sin. We ended up killing uh, 85,000 more people than would have lived. We ended up killing businesses. We ended up killing jobs. Oh, yes, we did that. Sorry. Of course, they're not going to say this. Just like any common criminal, they're going to claim innocence. We're innocent. So what? The evidence does not show that. The evidence proves they're guilty as sin. So Seattle, whoever these fucking idiots are, are saying that vaccines that have been proven 85 million fucking times over the last two years to not stop the spread, their vaccine mandates then stop the spread. So vaccines didn't stop the spread. In fact, people who get the vaccine have gotten COVID 2, 4, 20 times. 
They go to the hospital, they die. More than people who don't get vaccinated. And yet those vaccine mandates save lives, they said. So a vaccine that has been proven over and over not to stop the spread, the vaccine mandates in Seattle save lives. Does it make any fucking sense? Of course not. Because there is no sense to liberal minds. The liberal mind has no common sense. The liberal mind only believes in science when it's convenient for them. The liberal mind believes in science when it lines up with their religious beliefs. Then they believe in science. And only then do they believe in science. That's what I have learned over the last three years. Democrats believe in science when it's convenient. That Al Gore titled documentary, what's it called? The Inconvenient Truth? Well, that could be applied to Democrats over the COVID age. An inconvenient truth. They can't deal with the facts. They can't deal with the evidence. And when the evidence comes out and it shows they are wrong, it shows they're innocent, it shows they're guilty. It shows they're guilty of their crimes. We can prove it over and over again beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law that you're guilty of your crime. Just like a common street criminal, they claim, they claim, they claim innocence. They claim virtue. Well, too bad. Who cares what they say? Of course, they're never going to admit they're wrong. Just like a criminal is not going to admit they're guilty anymore because there are enough stupid people in this country to get them off the hook. But these people need to be tried. Just like common criminals, they need to be tried. And we have the evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt they are guilty. They are guilty. Guilty of lying about masks. Guilty of lying about vaccines. Guilty of lying about vaccine mandates. Guilty of lying about lockdowns. Guilty of lying about social distancing. Guilty. 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 So you can see why I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep. After I was told by Fox News that Seattle responded and saying, not only did I do anything wrong, Everything they did was so right because their cases were so low. It was so low. So was Florida's. So was Texas's. So was Sweden's. So the fuck what? There's no science behind what you're saying. That's like if I said, here's this talisman. Wear it around your neck. It'll keep you safe, Right. Here's this talisman. Wear it around your neck. It'll keep you safe. And you wear the talisman around your neck and you don't die. And you go, oh, it's a talisman that did it. Is that is that science? No, that's religion. That's a belief system. It's not science. It's not fact. It's faith. And that's what this has become, the cult of COVID, a cult of faith. This is the non-religious believer's faith. This is the um, Jesus, the Jesusless, the faith of the Jesusless, the faith of the godless. That's what this has become. This is their faith. This is their faith. The godless faith is COVID. It's their religion. It's their cult. And they can't break free of it. That's why there's no such thing, as Brett Stevens said, as just us saying, oh, we've been vindicated. Vindicated in what? Vindicated in what? 
If someone's guilty of a crime and you have all this evidence proving they're guilty, you're not vindicated. They go to jail, you're vindicated. If they're still free and there's no repercussions and they can commit crimes over and over again, what's the vindication just because you've proven them guilty outside of the court of law? What's the vindication? There is no vindication. Above Fangul, they'll say to your vindication. Who cares? There has to be trials. I'm not talking in the, I'm, not, I'm talking in the figurative term, I'm talking in the literal term. There need to be trials and punishment and jail time. When they're teaching this 50, 60, 70 years ago, when all of us are dead and buried, if the world is still here, who knows? The world will not, not be here because of global warming. Maybe because of wokeness, the world might not be here. Because of Joe Biden, the world might not be here. But uh, it, they need to, if the world is here in a half century, they need to say, the children who learn about this in class need to say, and teacher, what happened to those people? Well, several of them went to jail. And the city's lost millions and millions of dollars in lawsuits. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's what needs, that's my uh, student's voice. Maybe that's what I sounded like, I don't know. But that's what needs to happen. Because then the next generations will see what happened, right? The next gen, just like the, just like the generations that followed the Holocaust saw the punishment of those involved, even if those people were caught at 80 years old. 85 years old, years later, they weren't allowed to get away with it. No one said, well, Hitler killed himself, vindication. Did anyone say that about the Holocaust? Well, Hitler killed himself, vindication. We can drop it now, move on. We're not going to prosecute any of those prison guards 30, 40 years in the line. We're dropping it. We're moving on. No, of course they didn't say that. Because crimes need to be punished and future generations need to be need to see what happened to those criminals and that they were punished and you cannot do those things. How simple do I have to make this? But it seems like it doesn't matter anymore in this crazy, woke, uncommon sense world. Crimes aren't punished anymore. We're punished. The law-abiding citizens are punished. The victims are punished. The criminals aren't punished, whether they're politicians or doctors or scientists or thugs on the street in the Bronx or Detroit. They're not punished. So there's nothing new with this moving on. We always move on. Liberal DAs move on. People commit murder, rape, robbery. Liberal DAs move on. They don't follow through. They move on. And then we see what happened in Michigan at the university. And this guy had a fucking rap sheet up the ass. We just see that this horrible thing that just happened in Florida and Orlando with a guy kills someone, then goes back later and kills a reporter and goes into a house and kills a nine-year-old. A 19-year-old with a rap sheet up the ass. 19-year-old with like fucking 10 things on his rap sheet at fucking 19 years old. Because they don't prosecute. They let them go. The liberals are insane. Their worldview is insane. They have an insane worldview. It is sick. It is unhealthy. It is disgusting. And it kills people. And it kills people when it comes to just low-level crime. Or it kills people when it comes to things like COVID and COVID policies and mandates. This is why there has to be major accountability.
And just, you know, an article once every three weeks saying, oh, this study proves this didn't work. This study proves these people were right. It doesn't. So what? All that does is give me stuff to read on this show. All this does is give me stuff to read on this show. It's newsworthy, but it's not vindication. It's not, it's not, it's not punishment. It doesn't stop them from doing it again, whether it's a year from now, 10 years from now, or 50 years from now. Yeah, Andrew, I think the GOP is pushing for COVID hearings. I think they're doing all these kinds of hearings. I think they're going to be very methodical in how they do it. But yeah, of course, COVID is absolutely not just the mandates. And I'm sure now more as more and more, you know, there's, there's Twitter stuff that comes out with the COVID files and there's the, the origin of COVID they want to investigate. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But the result, that, but it just can't be a hearing for a week and then it goes away. There needs to be real accountability. I mean, there needs to be real accountability here. Or it will happen again. Or it will happen again. It's just like you don't you don't punish crimes. They happen again, right? If we never punish murder, people would murder people left and right. You need to punish these things. There needs to be punishment along with the crime. It's crime and punishment, not just it's not crime and move on. Right. It's crime and punishment. So, yeah, I hope more of those hearings will happen soon. I certainly do. I certainly do. But on top on top of the, of the problem with places like Seattle and other major cities and other Democrat-run cities is the politicians and the doctors not admitting they were wrong and just doubling and tripling down. Saying, I don't, we don't care what the evidence says. We, we, did, we did work. We know it. We did work. We know it. We don't got to prove it. We don't got to prove anything. There's nothing with statistics or evidence or studies. We'll just say it worked and it worked. We say cases were low here. We say our vaccine mandates worked. We say our, our mass mandates worked. And we'll do them again next week if we have to. That's basically what they're saying. They couldn't say it from a jail cell. They couldn't impose mandates from behind bars. It is pouring here right now. You might even be able to hear it. It's so loud. Holy cow. It is pouring and freezing here in San Francisco. Maybe I'll start doing the weather. It's 43 degrees with heavy rain. Um, but uh, let's see what's going on. It's also thunder and light. I didn't think you can get thunder and lightning when it's 40 degrees. I thought I thought thunder, th- thunderstorm because of heat and humidity building up. I didn't realize you can get these. Well, I guess you get thunder snow sometimes, but it's, it's so odd. It's hardly ever any thunder and lightning here. And it's, it's, it's 42 degrees and we're having thunderstorms. Very, very weird. Very weird. Get me Al Gore. Al, Al, help. The world's coming to an end. An inconvenient truth. It's an inconvenient truth. The world's coming to an end. Oh, boy. Okay. I want to, Daniel sent me something a couple of days ago. And it's been posted now on Twitter. I'm late to the game several times. But an informed consent action network, that's ICANN, funded lawsuit, while we're on the uh, the subject of vaccine mandates, ICANN funded lawsuit prohibiting any local vaccine mandates wins the final battle, setting a California precedent. As initially reported back on December 20th of 2021, ICANN's legal team, led by Aaron Siri, prevailed in the San Francisco Superior Court, striking down San Diego's COVID-19 vaccine school mandate. 
Immediately, the school district appealed the decision. And on November 22nd of 2022, we won in the Court of Appeal. The court agreeing with us once again that the district's mandate was illegal. The decision's reasoning effectively made any local school district, county, etc., vaccine mandate for any vaccine illegal. The Court of Appeal certified the decision for publication, making it legal precedent and fit to be cited by other courts. In a dramatic turn of events, one final shot was taken by those hoping to impose local level vaccine mandates. They can't stop. They, 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 they lost in one court, then they lost. They love their vaccine. They, they love their, they love their Neanderthal science so much. They love their medieval medicine so much. They had to appeal again to the California Superior, Supreme Court. Well, you know, they're not going to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court, these sons of bitches, are they? In a dramatic turn of events, one final shot was taken just days before the deadline was to expire for the California Supreme Court to review the decision. California charter schools and none other than the infamous Dr. Richard Pan filed requested a California Supreme Court to why? Do, I'll get into that in a second. Filed requested a California Supreme Court to depublish the decision, which if granted would render the decision unsightable by other courts in the future. These people like this is they they sweat at night. We gotta get mandates. We gotta get mandates back. We gotta have the mandate. Icon's team, led by Siri, filed an opposition letter to Dr. Pan and the California Charter Schools. Request pointing out why the Court of Appeal correctly concluded that the appellate decision was worthy of publication. Today, we're happy to announce, well, two days ago, that the California Supreme Court sided with us once again, denying the request to depublish the Court of Appeal decision and declining to review the case, making the decision final and citable precedent. Thank you again for your support, which made the final important win possible. Together, we laid another brick in the legal path of victory for true informed consent well you know it's absolutely insane and this guy Richard Pan is a real triple A Sacola Richard Pan he should be panned should be hitting the head with a pan fucking idiot it's amazing they, they love they love their what is it what is it let me see Richard let me see Richard Pan I have to look him up we look up Richard Pan. Let's see. Richard Pan. Let me see Richard. Oh, Richard's Asian. Oh, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, this is a shock. I understand. Very odd. Very odd. What is with Asians and their love of mandates? Is it is it like the Chinese Communist Party is in them? Is it is, is it like is it like in their DNA to be communists? Is that what it is? Because I'm seeing so much of this shit from Asians here. I just got to live in San Francisco. Obviously, it's Asian heavy, and San Francisco is lunatic heavy, so it just matches up. It could be a coincidence, but um, they love their masks. They won't let their masks go. They love the every time I go into a, a, a Uber or Lyft, and it's an Asian driver. But well, I'll be fair: eight out of ten times, as an Asian driver, they not only do they have masks on, they have the big, they have those big, you know, dividers up like they used to have the New York taxi cabs, you know, with the sheets and plexiglass, and it's it's so fucking disgusting. They're so fucking stupid. They think that's stopping. They think that's stopping the virus, right? Meanwhile, if you look, so they're in that car, right? You're in your car, and a lot of these Uber and Lyft drivers work 12, 14, 16 hours a day. So they're in the car, and they think that that that's, that that plexi, it's not even plexiglass because they don't have the money for that. They put up like that cheap plastic. You know, it's like cheap homemade plastic shit with tape, with like duct tape on the sides. And they think that's preventing, but they're, what, they're, what I looked at and was so disgusting 
and I was only a few feet from it. I probably wasn't even socially distanced enough from it, according according to CDC. Um, but you see people spit all over because people are coughing and spitting and it's sticking to the fucking plastic. And you can tell it's not like they're changing this plastic every day. They probably have the same plastic from May of 2020, three year old plastic with everyone's spittle and cough all over it. So I'm, I'm breathing that shit in. And all day long, they're breathing that shit in because it just sticks. It just, unlike someone coughs or in the open air and it goes out into the ether, it sticks to their disgusting plastic. And you're looking at people's spittle all over their plastic. These people are fucking insane. They're fucking insane. But when I think of most of the doctors who are love, who are obsessed with mandates of all kind, vaccine, mandate, lockdown, 80% are fucking Asians. They are. Who's that other guy? Eric Fingle Dingle. He's Asian. This guy, Pan's Asian. The other one who finally came to, had her come to Jesus moment when her kid was wearing a mask. She, she came to, what the fuck was her name? I forgot her. Leanna Wen. They're all lunatics. They're all lunatics. And I don't know. Is, is it just their genetic love of mandate? Is it just their genetic love of authoritarianism? Where they, they're used to that. They're used to like authoritarian, they're, they're used to authority figures. This isn't even, as I walk, as I talk through this, it's not even a stretch. They come from a place where they, where the authoritarian figures say something. We saw what happened in China, where the authoritarian figures say something and the people have to do it. So they're used to that. They believe, and now they're supposedly they believe because they're a doctor in, in, a, in, a, in a position of authority, which makes absolutely no fucking sense at all. It's just another profession. Another thing, why did we make doctors all of a sudden, why did we put doctors in positions of authority over us? That's another fucking profession. It's like putting plumbers. Are we going to put plumbers in a position of authority over us? How about truck drivers? Are they going to be in a position of authority over us? How idiotic. How fucking idiotic. But maybe they think, because they're doctors, they're in a, a position of authority and they can tell people what to do with their lives and how to run their lives. They believe in this kind of a thing. It is thundering and lightning like crazy here right now. I hope the power doesn't go out. Hopefully if the power goes out, I have my, uh, the Wi-Fi goes out, I have the 5G here. But that goes out too, right? I don't know. It's really, this is as rainy as it's been here in a long time on top of the cold and the thunder and the lightning. I actually feel like for a minute I'm in a city with real weather. Wow, crazy. It's like I'm back on the East Coast. Florida, but like minus 40 degrees. Um... But this is what they believe in. This is a, and look at this. I mean, they went to this is three fucking years later. And we've known for two years that vaccines don't stop the spread. And yet this fucking guy, Pan, he loses in two courts. He's got to appeal again. Believe me, if the Supreme Court were 6-3 liberal instead of 6-3 conservative, he'd probably try to take it there. They're obsessed. They are fucking obsessed and they're nuts. And if you're listening to me and you're Asian, don't have a fucking complex. You know what you could do? Try to get your people to not be nuts over this stuff. Try to get your people to be normal over this stuff. All right? Because they're not. Now, as we talk about having real consequences for people, right? Having real consequences for the decisions that hurt us, that killed us. And the importance of that, because there are a lot of people like 
Dr. Pan and the, the government of Seattle and Gavin Newsom and Eric Adams and all these people who will not admit that they did anything wrong and they'll do it again next tomorrow if they have to. And I mean tomorrow. They have, you have articles written in places like Vox, which try to pretend, try to pretend that we all thought the school lockdowns were absolutely necessary. Do you remember that? Do you remember April and May of 20, March and April of 2020, all of us thinking they better fucking close these schools. They make this shit up because they don't want to admit they were wrong and others were right. They don't want to admit there were other people who were telling them at the time not to do this. They pretend that they had to do this because everybody wanted this. There was nobody in the fucking world who didn't want school closures. No, no. There were like half the world were against school closures. But you didn't know that because they were censored on Facebook because they were banned from saying it on Twitter. Okay. But Vox is pretending that there was no other choice. Oh, what a shame that there was no other choice three years ago but to close schools for 18 months. No fucking choice. This is the shit they write. And they write things like this. The pandemic took young people's present. What will it do to their future? But it took their present because it had to. There was no other choice. You see, the pandemic took young people's present, P-R-E-S-E-N-T. Not politicians and bad doctors took young people's present. Not, not pol political mandates, politician mandates took young people's present. They say the pandemic, a virus, a cold, a cold took young, a flu took young people's present. How does a flu take young people's present? I want some scientists, some genius scientists or journalists to tell me how does a flu shut schools down? Does a school have, a, does, does a flu have, does a flu, does a virus have a key? Does a virus have a key to the schools? Does a virus have a voice? Is there anything in the Constitution about a virus having a voice in this matter over our lives, over our freedoms? I don't see it there. I've looked a million times over the last three years looking for something where, Alex, where Alexander Hamilton, Hamilton wrote that a, a cold has the right to – schools should be closed when there's a cold. When enough people have a cold, close the, close the establishments, close all the establishments in the country. I, I don't see it anywhere. Democrats claim it's there, by the way, but it's not. I'm tired of seeing this shit where they say the pandemic, a virus, shut schools down. No, Gavin Newsom shut schools down. Andrew Cuomo shut schools down. Politicians and bad fucking doctors who thought they're fucking, they were so goddamn important and had such power. They're the ones who shut schools down. Tony Fauci shut schools down. Rochelle Walensky shut schools down. Redfield shut schools down. Burks shut schools down. Not a, not the pandemic, not a virus. 
But of course, they write this because they don't want to take any responsibility. They don't want their friends to take any responsibility. They don't want the people who they like. They don't want the Democrats they fucking love and suck up to to take any responsibility or have any responsibility. So they put the responsibility on a virus. How how stupid, how bat crap crazy is that? I could read some of this, but this is all bullshit. It goes through the history of what happened. And it lies about it. The only truth that says is that schools closed down. Here, 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 here's the paragraph that makes me want to punch a hole in my laptop. But of course I won't do that because then I join the bastions of crazies, the, 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 the crazy masses that I have to live with. I wouldn't want to ruin my own laptop. But this is a guy named, everyone should write to this guy on Twitter, Brian Walsh, B-R-Y-A-N-W-A-L-S-H, who writes for Vox. This is another problem with the age we live in. There are 85,000. Anyone can start a media outlet. I'm not a media guy, but I could start my own. I'll, I'll start Pox. How about Pox? I'll start Pox. There's Vox. I'll start Pox. And all of a sudden it becomes this media outlet. I'll get five or six people to write for me. That I'm not journalists. I'll take people off the streets and say, just write what the fuck you want. That's basically what we have. What is Vox? Who are these people? I remember ABC News, NBC News, CBS. Now you have all this craziness. You have so many people who write things and they pretend to know shit. They pretend to be like authorities on things, right? These are not real journalists. But because they're there, they're just there. People assume they're something. People assume they're important and knowledgeable people. People assume what they read, the people who write, on the internet, no more than they do because they write on the internet. Does that make any sense? They write on the internet, so they know more. I could, I could put up a, I put up many websites. I could put up a website tomorrow. Now I know more than Brian Walsh because, as Brian Walsh writes in the most ridiculous paragraph ever written in in, in human history, it can be difficult to remember now. Think of, it's difficult to remember after years of increasingly vicious political debates, after the war of epidemiologists against economists, after the mea culpas and the hysteria. The one of the few thing here, one of the few things most Americans agreed on in mid-March of 2020 was this. For our children's sake, we had to close the schools. What is he talking about? That is such utter horseshit. Such utter horseshit that in mid-March 2020, most Americans agreed that we had to close the schools for our children's sake. No, no. Schools were closed for sick fucking adults' sake, for sick neurotic OCD hypochondriac adults, for school, for unions, for teachers' unions, for Randy Weingarten. That's why schools were closed, not for children. Who is this fucking guy kidding? Who is he kidding? Adults punish children for three years for their own adult sick fuck neuroses. That's why schools were closed. How could you write a paragraph like that and ever think you're going to be considered a fucking journalist or anyone with half a fucking brain? 
What's up, Daniel? Calm me down, <laughs> Daniel. Calm me down. That's your job. It's always your job. The fourth estate is dead. <laughs> yeah, the fourth estate. I know. They're, they're not, yeah, they're not. Maybe we could start, maybe we could start a fifth estate. Well, the fifth estate has already begun. And, um, um, so, you know, long live the fifth estate. Um, these, the mercenary journalists have to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating to, to hear them state, um, uh, a, a bizarre historical perspective that simply never happened um, in, you know, trip down memory lane here. You know, it was what, let's see, 34 months ago, 34 months ago when I wrote on, on my various social media accounts, the, the four basic, what I consider the four basic things that my family and friends needed to know because they were asking me about this stuff. And I've said this before in the show, but it was masks are ineffective. Lockdown only prolongs and deepens suffering. Vaccines are for endemic disease, not epidemic disease. And this was primarily a complication of the obesity pandemic. And every single one of those things was true. Every single physician that was honest at that time knew they were true. Every single virologist at that time that was honest knew that they were true. Every single public health person at that time knew those four things were true. But there was a confluence of interest, a confluence of greed that made all these various things, lockdowns, masking, uh, forced course vaccinations take place. We saw people like um, Jeff Bezos um, and and uh, FedEx and uh, UPS and uh, many organizations like that um, that were making tons and tons of money because people became shut-ins. We saw them just cleaning up and and. It's, and and then, you, then you saw the medical industry who what, what they were they were they weren't they weren't taking care of anybody. The, the hospitals weren't overrun by, by COVID patients. Hospitals were empty because people weren't going to the hospital. And so the medical industry is just cleaning up. They kept on pulling in the health insurance uh, um, fees. Kaiser kept in charging people the same for their health insurance. Uh, uh, every every health health care organization across this country, um, insurance organization, kept on. The premiums didn't change one bit, but people weren't getting health care. So they were making money hands over fists. So there's all these interests. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like they sat in some smoky room and, and they cooked this up together. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see how um, the healthcare uh, uh, interest overlap with the teachers unions interest. So, yeah, let's both we don't, we don't have to openly conspire with each other, but both let's both, you know, uh, pitch this together and we'll keep the hysteria going. And, and, you know, the same thing for the industries that made so much money during, during, this, during the chaos. I mean, there's, if you're well positioned um, with, with power and money um, during chaos, you make a lot of money, and especially if that chaos is, is easily manipulated and, and um, around fear. Um, it's, it's fear is a great um, manipulator and um, it's a great source of grift. A great, uh, and, and so... Yeah, so here we are, 34 months later, and the sons of bitches are lying to us about 34-month-old history. Yeah, fucking frustrating as hell. Um, you know, they, 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 CNN should name it, rename itself. You remember, remember the kids' toy store that went out of business, Toys R Us? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. they should be by R Us. Yeah, Toys R Us went out of business. I think was it was that was that COVID or before COVID? Yeah, I think COVID, yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, so you can they, buy toys on Amazon now, but um, yeah, so CNN should CNN's new name is Buy R Us. 
Well, let me tell you this. I said that article I read was one of the most disgusting articles, uh, paragraphs ever I've ever read as far as quote-unquote journalism goes. Here, here's another. Are you ready? This, this is going to make you want to throw up like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. So get ready, okay? Listen to this, Daniel. You'll love this one. What we now know, Daniel, what we now know, nearly three years later, Daniel, is that the children were safer than we thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None, of, none of us. None of us were saying that kids were not at risk three years ago, Daniel. None of us. We, yeah, all, thought, I, I wasn't, we all thought I wasn't all kids pe- were going to die. Maybe yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah. about his Supreme Court justice who thought 100,000 kids were on ventilators. The fucking idiot. Yeah. So so back back in um, in uh, April of 2020, um, I was at uh, Zoom. There were Zoom meetings because the uh, the freaking hysterical uh, um, a school system in Albany, which is where my kids went go to went to school for high school, um, they wouldn't allow in in person PTA meetings. So so there was uh, school board meetings and PTA meetings um, by Zoom, and I and a whole bunch of people showed up to one of these school board meetings and saying. Open the freaking schools. Get our kids back in school. There is absolutely no danger posed to children. We know this. An, a, an epidemiologist got on and they said there is no danger to children. Only people, the only children that are very sick are, are dying from COVID. Children that are very sick to begin, to begin with. There's no danger to healthy children, even remotely healthy children. And then you would have these Asian women, speaking of Asian, um, and, and, and this isn't to be biased or prejudiced, but it was always the Asian women in the school system at my kids' kids school. They just type up in this broken English and say, no, not safe, not safe. Wait a minute. This guy, Brian Walsh, I cannot, I'll read a few more lines while you're here with me because I'll do it together with you because you'll keep me a little bit calm. But this guy has to be one of the biggest morons ever. Here, this is what else what he said. Then he goes to the he goes to the stats that we were all quoting three years ago that he thinks just we just found out about uh, last night. Americans on the age of eighteen have accounted for less than zero point three percent of COVID deaths, and of course it's even lower than that, right? Because we talk about like you talk about with deaths, all these all the comorbidities some of these kids had. They weren't invulnerable to the disease. Children made up over seventeen percent of all cases. Severe infections and tragic deaths did happen. And listen to this line: and had schools somehow continued unchanged, those numbers surely would have been somewhat higher. What evidence does he have to say that, Daniel? Those numbers surely would have been somewhat higher? How about in places like Florida where there were no school closures and the numbers weren't surely higher? How about in places like Sweden and other places in Europe where there were no school closures and the cases were not surely somewhat higher? Is this guy fucking serious? But thanks to some, and listen to this, Daniel, you'll love this one, but thanks to some fortunate roll of the genetic dice, young people were largely spared the direct Effects of COVID. Uh, Does this guy not know that young people are less likely to die of like the flu too and like pneumonia? That young people generally don't die as much or get infected as much from diseases as old people with diabetes and heart att- and fucking high blood pressure. This, is this guy such a moron? He thinks just with just with COVID, children are less risk. But everything else, it's even with uh, everything else. Daniel, it's even a six-year-old and a ninety-seven-year-old. It's even. Uh, if a six-year-old gets the flu and the 96-year-old gets the flu, the six-year-old has about the same chances of dying as the 96-year-old, according to idiot Brian Walsh. This was a fortunate roll of the genetic dice, Daniel. Was it a fortunate roll of the genetic dice, Daniel? Is that what it was? It's, it's absolutely hilarious. To, to, I mean, it shows how biologically illiterate this person is to say that 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 youth is a genetically inherited kid. <laughs> 
<laughs> characteristics. Exactly. 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 As you, the, you, this, this is comical. <laughs> you know, maybe he I, I guess he's right. We all do start out. We all do start out young, and, and we inherited our life from from our from our parents. <laughs> I mean, this is just. It's that you see, look, because someone can write this now and this gets public. I know it's just Vox and it's garbage mostly, but it's it, it's it's still. And I like I said, anybody can publish anything these days. I can start a website in 24 hours. And if I have enough money, I can make it look like CNN's website or, or, or Fox's website. But it, it's it's just it's insane that there are people out there who will buy this shit now. Thankfully, Jay Bhattacharya put this up, by the way. He linked to this saying, nice piece of revisionist history. Okay, so there are people like Jay, you know, who, who are on this stuff. Uh, and, of course, Jay Bhattacharya is one of the many people or the many doctors who in mid-March 2020 were saying we shouldn't close the schools. Okay, that in mid-March of 2020 was saying children had no real – didn't have any near the risk that people that, – that adults had. He was one of the people who – I guess Brian Walsh – but see, I guess Brian Walsh didn't know that. Because when Jay Bhattacharya and others like him wrote those things on Twitter, they were censored. You see, yeah, and all the censored. all these this, this this is part of what we we've talked about from for a long time over over two years um, that there is going to be a controlled wind down of the hysteria that that is that will be met from the very beginning and planned from the very beginning by these that these non non conspiratorial. Ne- but nevertheless, um, conspiracy-related interests that we just talked about, um, th- th- it's going to be a control wind-down, and it's going to be funded by these people. It's going to be funded by Pfizer. It's going to be funded by the uh, the um, schools, uh, the um, teachers' unions. It's going to be funded by Jeff Bezos. It's going to be funded by everyone that made shitloads of money. Um, as as we saw uh, wealth uh, percolate from from the poor and middle class upward, it's going to be ma- it, there's going to be this controlled wind down by all these vested interests for the express purpose of getting around what you have been emphasizing at the beginning of your show, which is accountability and putting some of these sons of bitches in jail. It's going to be a very controlled. Um, uh, um, presentation that uh, of the, our past and, and, and revisionist past uh, uh, history um, to try to unwind our emotions, but no, no one, sh- no one should fall for it. Um, I don't think enough people will fall for it. They, as 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 you said, they will do it again. We know they will do it again because they did it before this. They did it in two thousand and nine with the swine flu pandemic, and that was most mostly they they were very successful um, beta testing that in Europe, beta testing creating that hysteria and getting the governments of Europe to purchase billions of dollars worth of useless vaccines. Yeah, that we've been here before. We'll be here again continuously if people do. People let this happen. But, you know, it, it, we, we have said this. We said this with the Iraq war. We said this with the Vietnam war. And still we have a Ukraine war um, going on right now. So people, unfortunately, people are they are what they are. And, and give them 10 years and then the sheep uh, forget about it. So, yeah, we, we have to take care of this now. Their accountability has to be now. It can't wait two years. Can't wait three years. It has to happen now before the sheep um, are ready for another shearing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because we can't allow this atrocity to happen again. I mean, I, I, you know, I, 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 we can't allow it to happen again. 
We can't allow it to happen anymore. The hashtag never forget can't just be about the Holocaust. The hashtag never forget can be about a lot of things. And it certainly applies to this, is that this atrocity cannot happen again. We can't allow this. We can't allow our children's lives to be destroyed. We can't allow our businesses to be destroyed. We can't allow our loved ones to be afraid to see people. Uh, we, uh, pe- Come on, Daniel, you know all the things. You, you, lived, it, you lived it personally with your, with your father. You've, read, you, you've written about it several times, usually to Gavin Newsom in not, in not such nice language. You use close to the language I use, which is interesting. Well, I don't blame you, though, because you have a right to be mad over that. And so many people do. How about the people who couldn't go to nursing homes to see loved ones? Uh, grandparents who had the last couple of years of their lives couldn't see their grandchildren or their family anymore. They had to on Zoom. People had to see their loved ones on Zoom in the hospital. They, they couldn't go to funerals. Remember, they weren't allowed people to go to funerals. Do you remember that, Daniel? I remember that. I remember that. I spent... I spent every day when the first lockdowns happened, I spent every single day, I kid you not, every single working day, Monday through Friday, calling the governor's office, begging to talk to, to Newsom. To, when I talked to, the, to his advisors, begging them to stop, saying you are literally killing my friends and family. They, did, they didn't care. They would just say, oh, thank you for your opinion and, and, and move on and carry on with, the, with, their, with their plans. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. No, no one's going to forget. They will have their children as constant reminders. They will have their disrupted education as constant reminders. They will have children that are going to be twenty-five to twenty-six, twenty, thirty years old that are going to have lives that they would have. Ex- they are going to have lives that they would have expected of of kids ten years younger. And their development has been so stunted by by this. Uh, I, I did everything that I could. Luck, luckily, my kids, because we had the resources, um, were relatively unscathed by this. They were forced to do things against their will, like getting the fucking vaccine in order to stay in school. But they, they haven't they haven't suffered because of the vaccine yet. You know, if there was a deity, I'd be thanking it right now. Um, and but there is is tremendous numbers of people. But I remember the pain and the suffering that my my kids went through um, during that. It is etched into my my uh, on the surface of my heart, like my father's death because of this lockdown, and it's never going to go away. And in watching my watching my daughter have have to to she, she was a student um, at, at in Ohio, and and watching her having to to a university student in Ohio, and, and watching her have to. Um, come home and take her classes in Berkeley because her fucking college was so fucked up with respect to these crazy ass mandates that it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. She worked so hard to get into a great school. And then she, she ends up having me come back and, and taking courses at Cal. Well, Cal's a great school too, but it wasn't her, it wasn't her choice. So she gets kicked out of her school for over a year and and then and, and then my my son was in high school and and watching him you know he had no time with friends for went on for six months no there's this his the friends in in this area because it's it's the bay area they were all freaking hysterical they're their parents I don't think Brian Walsh in Vox is mocking us Daniel I think he's just an idiot well, I mean, it's whether whether he's an idiot or, or he's mocking us, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, like I mean, this this stuff is is it's etched on the surface of my cortex. It's etched on the surface of my heart. Um, I, I I don't go a day without thinking about how my father died. Not a day. Mm-hmm.
it, this, it, there's there's so many people like me out there. This this thing, it, it's not going to die. There's going to be a there's going to be an accounting. I'm with you. There has to be an there, yeah. there, has, there must be an accounting. It's a must. It's, it's a that's 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 the new mandate. How about the accountability mandate? Let's do that, Daniel. Let's have an accountability mandate. That's the mandate we need to see. Accountability. It must happen. It must happen. Yeah. Otherwise, we need, we need, we need more Ron DeSantis. That's that's all I can say when it comes to the politics angle. Yeah, well, of this these, these assholes like like this this mother moron in Vox, Brian Walsh, and others like him who write this kind of shit all the time, don't seem to they seem to like ignore the guy named Ron DeSantis. They seem to they first of all they ignore an entire country. Forget about ignoring one the state of twenty one million people. They 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 ignore a country of what fourteen million people, Sweden. They ignore Ron DeSantis. They ignore anything that dispro- that proves that they were full of shit. Okay, everything that disproves their ridiculous narrative. They just they pretend they don't exist. They omit them. They omit what Ron DeSantis did in Florida and the outcomes he had. Not doing any of the shit everyone else did. Everyone else had to do. No, everyone had to do. We all did this. No, we didn't do this because Ron DeSantis didn't do this. Okay, and someone like Ron DeSantis, when he saw. If he did something and he saw it wasn't working or if he saw it was it was doing more of a negative than a positive, he stopped it. He stopped it. He stopped it. And by the way, as I've mentioned a million times, people don't realize this because Ron DeSantis did just about everything right during COVID when everyone else does everything wrong. He's even apologized for his incredibly short, little uh, stay at home policy. Yes, man. Even he apologized for it. He yep. apologized. He's the only one, and he's the one who doesn't need to apologize. All the rest yep. do. That's how fucked up this is. Yep, yep. You have. I mean, hum- humility is is has always been dead in politics. So that's why, to me, DeSantis stands out as a as as a special governor um, in my mind. I do not remember anybody ever as a governor or an executive of any type, elected executive of any type, that has had the integrity that Ron DeSantis said. He can admit when he's wrong. He can correct, he can correct mid-course without, without trying to save his ass and, and, and cover his ass and, and get jobs done. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Give me Ron DeSantis in 2024. I mean, that's all. That's all I can say, and that'll be my that's that's my high point for this call. <laughs> okay, Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. And Daniel, along with uh, the rest of us in San Francisco, the little the little uh, I don't even want to call it conservative group or Republican group or right wing group, the, the 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 small group of sanity, the small group of sanity that we have here. We will be wearing our Ron DeSantis paraphernalia around San Francisco. Okay. We'll be and if anyone bugs me, I'll punch their dumb nose on their dumb, stupid throat. Uh, I'm going to go to Vlad. Then I'm, what I'll do after I speak to Vlad, I don't like keeping Vlad waiting, um, is that I'm going to read. I just read that ridiculously brain dead article written by Brian Walsh of Fox. What I'll do is I'll read an article written in The Spectator of Australia, of all places. Australia. I guess this is the one sane news outlet in Australia. It's called The Spectator. And uh, uh, they wrote an article called The Lost Generation, A Global Assault on Children and Young People. And it's about the same stuff that Brian Walsh writes about, but it's written in the way of not trying to do revisionist history. It points out the real villains and the real reality of the situation, doesn't lie about it, doesn't try to rewrite history from just three years ago. I can't believe people in this country are so ignorant 
that they let people rewrite history from three years ago. It's not like it's 30 years ago or 300 years ago. It's three fucking years ago that this all started. And yet we're already rewriting history. But The Spectator Australia, written by Michael Jackson. Billie Jean is not my love. No, not that, not that Michael Jackson. Some other guy named Michael Jackson in Australia uh, wrote about the assault on children during COVID. I'll read that after. So don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I'll read that after we talk to Vlad. Hey, Vladdy. How you doing, my man? How you doing? Hey, you're okay. Hanging Another. In Trying to remain sane in an insane world. Exactly. Trying to keep saying, kind of like that T-shirt that said, I went to, co- to college. I survived college, and they didn't become a left-wing progressive. Those are my own words. I survived college. I survived the indoctrination. You know? I got to make my own shirt, though. I survived college, too. I'm a community yeah. college, but yeah, yeah, nevertheless, yeah, yeah, I survived. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, you weren't, you, weren't, you weren't eaten up by the pod people. Exactly. I think the worst it got was some of the students in uh, information technology were the actual quacks, not the teachers, but the actual students, yeah, <laughs> fellow yeah, students exactly. in my class. Exactly. Oh, so, God. So, so tell me, what's this attack again on, on DeSantis? With, I, I know they're always uh, going after him because he does the right thing. Mm-hmm. You see, this is the thing that left-wing progressives can't understand. When they see reason, sound mind, self-control, good judgment, someone that could discern their bullshit and actually counter them and, and take them to a level they don't understand. That, that's Ron DeSantis. If he were to run for, govern, for, for president of the United States, I'd definitely vote for him over Trump. Uh, he's definitely, what he's doing with Florida should be, I know it's a sore eye for the left, but at the same time, it's the answer to the country. That's it should why be the, the model for the country. Starting. It should be the model for the rest of the country. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It used to be a long time here in my native California that as California goes, goes the nation. Bullshit. It's more like as Florida goes, the nation goes, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, he shouldn't be apologizing. It's all these no. dumb nuts that should be apologizing. You know? <laughs> of course. Of course. Yes, of course. Absolutely. And none of them will. None of them will because they don't exactly. have the humility. They don't have the humility or the humanity that Ron DeSantis has. And you know, his background goes a lot towards that, right? He was in the military. He was a military guy. Also, incredibly mm. smart. We're talking about he went to Yale and Harvard, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. this guy is this guy is a smart puppy, but he is that he is that incredibly rare breed we have right now, especially in politics, of He's, of, of book smarts and that uncommon sense we talk about you see he's he's the answer to the left-wing problem in america he's the answer he could with with enough support two terms maybe a third one if possible that they change a lot he could flip the country and and really destroy them uh at many levels where they'll they'll show them for the bullshit that people have been voting the wrong way for the wrong things and and they because they've been lied to for the longest He'll be able to show them, you know what, this is what you've been voting for. Trump to try to do it, but I got it done. And I'm making sure it becomes the law of the land with Congress through amendments. Well, and you know, know? the thing about Trump that was already annoying me, I knew he'd annoy me, is that he's already doing these childish, you know, uh, hit jobs on, on, on DeSantis. He's already being childish. You know, the guy's not even in the race yet. The guy probably uh-huh. won't be in the race for another two or three months. And he's already, you know, hitting this childish nonsense about how Florida was... It, when it was good without him, they didn't need him. It ha- it's, it's all stupidity. It's all stupidity. You know, once again, that's that's Trump's biggest problem. 
And he has the same problem uh, all his colleagues on the left have uh, in politics. They, they can't admit they're wrong. And they can't just say, they, they can't give someone credit when they've done a good job. Just like the left cannot give Ron DeSantis credit for the job he did, Trump does not have the humility, and he's a Republican, to just give DeSantis the credit for the job he did simply because DeSantis may, probably will, might run against him. I mean, it's so fucking childish. It really no, this, 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 you're, this you're is. You're right. Let you talk. This is this is the problem with Trump. He does something really good and smart, like going to East Palestine. Right? He goes there before Buttigieg. He goes there before he goes there before the fucking president, while the president's in the Ukraine kissing Zelensky's rich ass. And yet, then on the other hand, he does something so stupid, like childishly going after Ron DeSantis. So that that Trump has not changed. It's the same Trump from seven years ago. Hey, uh, changing it a little bit. Uh... Mike, did you see this guy when he got? Uh, I don't know if he was getting to Poland. Uh, Biden, he he fell down the stairs really bad. What happened? He fell, he fell down down the the uh, the stairs from the coming out of the uh, airplane. He fell really bad. It's laughable. Oh, but this is about the third or fourth time he's done that. No, but this one he literally slid on the rail. He was grabbing onto the rail. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. nobody nobody blocked him. They just let him go. It's like they didn't try to even, they, they probably tried to stop him, but they did a horrible job. And he went all the way to the bottom. It's how laughable it is. I'm sorry, I don't like to, you know, be mean. Wait, wait a minute. Mike is saying that wasn't Biden. Who oh, was it wasn't? Mike, who was it? I saw, a, I saw a video of Biden a couple of days ago going up, going up the big, the, that incredibly long staircase to get to the uh -huh. Air Force One, and he slipped a couple of times. But it wasn't like... It was like he did last time, where he slipped on the stairs and got up again. Oh, okay, so it wasn't him. All right, all right, it, I could it, be it wrong. Some who? It was what? It was some. Yeah, but you know, if it would have been him, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised whatsoever if it would have been if it would have been straight out, uh, you know, that it would have been Biden. The, I wouldn't the, be surprised. The, the big, the biggest difference though between Biden and Trump is that when when Trump, remember when Trump was going down that 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 ramp and it was a little rainy. It, it was uh -huh. Trump was walking down a ramp and it was a little rainy and he was just he didn't slip. He was just holding on to the railing. So he didn't slip. The left media was like, look how feeble and retarded he is. And yet there's Joe Biden. He can't every time he goes up the staircase, he slips 20 times. And oh, that's OK. He's an old guy. <laughs> I mean, the hypocrisy is so exactly the, the double standard in the left wing media. You know, you got one right. guy who, who falls 20 times. That's OK, because he's old. And the other guy who. Does the smart thing, which is hold on, so he doesn't fall, and he's feeble. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, so the, the bias in the media is so fucking insane. It really is. <laughs> Mike, I'll, I'll let you go, man. I like talking to you, man. So you're gonna give Lance a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I lied. Uh, I said I was gonna go to the story, then, but I'll go to Lance, and then I'll go to the, uh, the Spectator Australia story. Hey, Lance, how's it going? Oh, just peachy. <laughs> Another another day in apocalyptic paradise. It is. It is another day in paradise. Apocalyptic paradise. I like that. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got nothing to say. What's the topic? Anything going right now? Anything you want to talk about? I mean, whatever you want to talk about is fine. I don't care. You wait. You this is Lance, and you have don't have anything to say. Nope. Lance, come on, Lance. I'm all talked out. <laughs> Ran out of things to say. Well, no, you, but um, were you spending were you spending five hours with Michael Tracy? Is that what you were doing, Lance? No, 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 no. But uh, um, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, 
Andrew just said you oh, 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 I already, I already asked you. Never mind. I'm, I'm putting together a debate show because I think it'll be useful. But uh, so never mind because I already mentioned that to you. But the, I think the first one, I think we already talked about this, about the whole climate change is a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah. we already talked about that. So. But the, the, hey, that issue is not going away, baby. That issue is not going away. You know, that's just that's see, that's the problem. I used to be so into the climate change thing. And then COVID happened. And I saw how the Democrats twist science and they and they, they, they say things don't make sense. There's no common sense. Like, just like Seattle said, where, okay, we have a vaccine mandate and we say it worked. And just, that's, that's what Democrats do. They'll say something stupid like, it's really cold today. We have, cl- we have climate issues. It's really warm today. We have climate issues. There's no need for evidence. There's no need for actual science. You can't debate. Okay, so I know that you're not, you're an independent thinker, and I know you were a Democrat, and now you switched to more Republican. What do you think of, say, Fox News? I love, well, I love Fox News, but they'll do certain things that annoy me. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say I'm a critic, so I have a very critical eye. So I'm critical of CNN. I'm critical of MSNBC, and I watch Fox News. I, I never, first of all, I won't watch CNN, MSNBC. Anymore. Okay, so, okay, so, 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 so here's the thing. We know for a fact from the president of CBS and CNN when they did the empty podium and said, of course, Trump's an idiot, but he's great for ratings. Therefore, therefore, there's no doubt. We know that CNN were like, yeah, we know Trump's whack. We got to say that a little bit, but he's great for ratings. So let's make sure we give him all the cred possible. Let's make sure we get Trump supporters who are smarter than Trump, who can explain him away that Mark Burnett, who was the uh, Producer, this is this is weirdly important. It sounds goofy and stupid, but he became the fucking president. They had to reverse engineer The Apprentice because a lot of times it would be like specific goals. How many advertisers can you sign up? You know, it was real yeah. stuff. And to wh- whoever won, he's, I don't care if they won. It wasn't like a, a judgment call. It wasn't subjective. They had objective goals they're supposed to reach sometimes, right? And he said, no, you're fired when they actually won. They had to reverse engineer the show to make him not look like a complete petulant, egotistical idiot just for The Apprentice. But they put him, and so that's what got him the presidency in part with being looking like a successful businessman. Trump also was the number one loser of money, number one in the country, because certain tax returns have to be public. So he lost more money than any American in, of that 10 year span. Every year he lost more money than anyone. OK, so here's the point. CNN lied about and, and, and allowed Trump to look somewhat credible even though they trashed him because it was good for ratings. They would put an empty podium instead of Sanders. Yep. Okay, they would put Trump empty podium instead of Sanders yep. uh, with a, with twenty thousand people cheering for him. Yep. So don't tell me if you're Fox hater that that CNN's any better, right? But this thing with Fox, where they did the same thing now, where they said, of course the election, was, and of course Tucker said, yes, of course we know we have to lie. But if wait a minute, he said, right? He goes to them, he says, we know that this woman who said Arizona, we know she's telling the truth, but you got to fire her for telling the truth because we're losing money. Don't tell me the fox is. Don't tell me the fox is one more molecule. I'm glad. Well, it is in a lot of ways because there are big things that they're they're on the better they're on the right side of, and they'll cover things that the mainstream. Let's put it this way: Fox will cover things that the legacy media won't cover. So the 95 percent of the media won't cover something that's important because it doesn't go with their narrative, and, and Fox will. That's what makes Fox important because they cover they are the five they cover the five percent. That you know what I'm saying? It, it's 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 the legacy media is 95% left wing, so you need a Fox News. You have to, 
But here's the thing also. You know, Fox is most of the people on Fox is so totally for the Ukraine war. Brian Kilmeade, who I love, drives me nuts with his fucking Ukrainian flag thing. It's it's I hate it. But 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 when it comes to the thing with the election, with the election fraud in 2020, where where they're being sued by Dominion because on the air they said, you know, that Dominion machines were fixed and all that. But then off the air, they were texting each other saying, how stupid, of course, the of course, the election was fair. Trump is full of shit. You know, the main culprit in all that was Hannity. He was he was the lead. That's why he take that's why he was the one who had to, you know, who had to uh, uh, and there any worse. Can I chat one, one, one quick thing? Because you're right about the liberal media. Do you remember? Um, do you remember? Um, what's his name there? Um, Novak, Robert Novak. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I like Robert Novak a lot, by the way. He was such a condescending elitist. He was. Even Buchanan a little bit, but Novak was known to be like a nice guy. Same with William F. Buckley when he was off camera. He was not an elitist. Uh, he liked just regular shit, you know, cheap beer and pizza. And, and he was a regular guy, Buckley, for all the white supremacists. All right, all right, all right. Robert Novak was on, were on the McLaughlin group, and it was him and all the conservatives. You know how they'd have Eleanor Clift, who was the left, and she's about as left-wing as Richard Nixon. But that yeah. was what McLaughlin wanted. Slightly left of center, one person, and all right-wingers. So they're all talking about the media. Media and the media and the bias of the media. And, you know, Novak was a good journalist because he would always come on real smug. I just got the latest from the White House direct. And it was Carl Rove. He said later when uh, before he died that it was him that it was Rove. OK, that gave him all the info inside track of what was really being said. All right. Fine. You know what? Somebody said, yeah, the liberal bias, liberal bias media. He goes, get over it. This is a hard right guy. You know, Novak. He said, get over it. Kids go to school in college. The right-wingers and conservatives go to business school because they want to make money. The left-wingers become journalists because they want to save the world. In other words, it's like saying if you're a liberal, we need more liberals in the Pentagon. There are some, but of course it's going to be mostly conservative, hardcore, you know, like like fly the flag, patriot. So get over it. The liberals are going to go into media just the way it is. It's like saying we have too many liberals in Hollywood. Well, there's not a lot of conservative, you know, Christian values who are going to say, yeah, let me go to debauch city anymore than this like we have a we have a paucity of liberals and evangelical christian churches of course so get over to liberal media bullshit go into media and do good journalism and 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 compete fuck this idea that just because it's a liberal bastion thing just like there's more liberals in the peace corps than there are conservatives you see lance i knew you'd have something to say lance did did i just make my point lance always has something to say but let me go back to what i was saying about the dominion machines the dominion machines this the, whole, this, the, this the problem with people like being afraid of Donald Trump. Now, we know Hannity is a good friend of Trump's. Okay, when he was president, they talked almost every night. We know that. So on the air, he did not want to defy Donald Trump. But of course, off the air, he knew what he was saying was, was horseshit, right? And so, and the same with a lot of the Fox News people. It's like they were afraid to defy the great Donald Trump on air because God forbid what happens to them if they defy Donald Trump on Fox News. What does Donald Trump do to them? What does he do to them publicly? If they do that. So they knew the truth, or at least the way they felt. Forget about the truth or, or fiction. The way they felt off the air was different than the way they, they, they presented themselves on the air. And a lot of that was because of the fear of Trump. Whether, you know, Hannity's a good friend of Trump's and didn't want to defy him on the air, wanted to have his back on the air, whatever it may have been. But the Dominion machines, I don't know. I mean, you're allowed to have an opinion, right? You're allowed to have an opinion that the Dominion, I, I could say, I think, I, I, don't, I, don't, I could say, I don't trust those Dominion machines. They can't sue me for that. I don't trust Dominion machines. That's my person. That's my opinion. But, of course, it gets into a the problem they think. 
is that on the air they were saying one thing and off the air they somehow they I don't know how they got maybe someone can tell me how they found each other how the how they got the, the personal texts between the the hosts but somehow they they did I don't know if they were they were subpoenaed I don't know how you could subpoena that but maybe they did um, and so off the air they were saying to each other supposedly you know you know the, the election was on was was fine it was fair but on the air they were saying the Dominion machines were were faulty and and there were problems with the election so. They think that might be the problem is that they were they can prove they were lying on the air simply to hurt Dominion when they knew it wasn't the case. Instead of them just saying that was their true opinion of the Dominion machine. So it's it's true because, like I said, in the pre- I have millions of opinions. Right. Can Brian Walsh sue me now because I said he's an asshole? He shouldn't be able to, but that's that's, that's the slippery slope you have. When we, when we talk about the media and, and talking about things and the ability to sue them for talking about something. Now, the Kyle Rittenhouse, I'll get to the Australia thing in one second, but the Kyle Rittenhouse thing is a little different because they were calling him a murderer, right? They were destroying his reputation. They were calling him a murderer. That's the problem. You, you could say, you could say alleged. You could say alleged. You could say that's why they always say that legal purposes. They always say alleged, but with with him they weren't. They were tearing him apart, and they had convicted him before a jury even got the case. And then a lot of them, after even worse, after he was found not guilty, was still calling him a murderer. You can't do that. You're destroying someone's reputation who was found not guilty, and a young kid who, from that that point on in life, people are not going to hire. They're not going to associate with him because of what they hear on legacy media about the person. So that's a totally different case. That's a totally different. That's the defamation. That's 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 purposeful defamation of a person which hurts them. Okay, which causes them harm. I don't know if you can make that case with Fox News and Dominion. We'll we'll see. All right, but I do want to get to the Spectator Australia, and the, the title of the article written by Michael Jackson is "The Lost Generation: A Global Assault on Children and Young People." Last week, Australia's Children's Commissioner, Anne Hollins, spoke passionately about the myriad impacts children and young people had endured due to COVID lockdowns and school closures. She outlined, for example, the mental health impacts like self-harm and depression highlighted those children living with poverty and disadvantage had suffered the most, as we often spoke about. Of course, the liberals didn't care about that, did they? There was a concern about potentially a lost generation of children who at a very critical age of their development didn't get the support they needed, she said. I wholeheartedly agree. But what makes this tragedy that uh, the, what, what makes this tragedy greater is that none of this needed to happen, not in Australia, not in New Zealand, not anywhere. In mid to late March 2020, approximately 150 countries across the globe fouled each other lemming-like into lockdowns, a feature of which were school closures. Children were ordered to stay at home. Lessons would be given online. There were, however, a few problems with this plan. First, children and young people were at minimal, minim, minimal risk of COVID. Now, you notice that Mike Jackson isn't saying, we didn't know that at the time. Now we know this. No, Mike Jackson's telling the truth. Children were at minimal risk of COVID from day one. And many of us knew that. Any doctor worth anything knew that. The age-stratified risk profile of COVID was already becoming well-established at the time of lockdowns, and children and young people were in the lower risk category. Thank you, Michael. The World Health Organization formally recognized this as early as April 15, 2020, when they said children are not the face of this pandemic. So I didn't even realize this. The WHO, in April 15th, so a month into this shit, 
said children are not the face of this pandemic. So what the hell is Vox's Brian Walsh talking about when he said at that time, everyone thought the schools had to be locked down because children were at great risk. We didn't know they were low risk. My goodness. Thankfully, children have been largely spared from the severe asymptomatic reactions more common among older people. Schools weren't, therefore, closed to benefit children, but to satisfy parents, politicians, media, and unions. Thanks, Mike. Secondly, lockdowns and school closures would inevitably have a profound effect on children's health and well-being. UNICEF published the following on March 20th, 2020. COVID-19, children at heightened risk of abuse, neglect, exploitation, and violence amidst intensifying containment measures. Moreover, years before the pandemic, the strong association between education and health and life expectancy were well-established. Shutting schools for prolonged periods was not only going to be bad for children's health and well-being, but might even shorten their lives. And lastly, the effects of lockdowns and school closures would not be born equally. TES, formerly the Times Educational Supplement, published an article entitled For the Poorest School Closures Are Devastating on March 20th, 2020. The same WHO reported dated April 15, 2020, clearly states in bold that children in the poorest countries or those from lower, lower socioeconomic classes in more developed countries would be most impacted. Despite these warnings and the rapidly growing mountain of evidence that all three factors were playing out exactly as predicted, countries around the world simply doubled down with many keeping schools closed for substantial periods. To give a sense of the scale, UNICEF estimates that 1.6 billion with a B children suffered some education loss during the pandemic, while 168 million were kept off school for almost a year. If we assume 200 school days a year, that alone equates to 33.6 billion days of severely impacted learning and lost in school experiences. In India, school closures dragged on even longer, in some cases, two years. A 2021 study highlighted the catastrophic nature of these closures. In rural areas, only 8% of sampled children are studying online regularly. 37% are not studying at all. Appalling numbers, yes, but surprising, no. This kind of impact was predicted this is, after all, a country where vast swaths of children can't afford shoes, let alone smartphones, laptops, or the broadband needed for online lessons. On top of school closures, children and young people were also abused, both physically and mentally. In the Philippines, children between the ages of 5 and 15 were not allowed to leave their houses for over a year, let alone go to school. Those that did break curfew were subjected to cruel and degrading treatment. Some were locked in dog cages. Dog cages! as punishment. Others had their heads forcibly shaved or were stripped naked and forced to walk home. Can you believe this? In the UK, the then health secretary, Matt Hancock, blamed under 30s for the September 2020 second wave. He guilt-tripped them when he told BBC Radio 1 Newsbeat listeners, don't kill your gran by catching coronavirus and then passing it on. In the U.S., the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, yes, them, found increases in both physical and emotional abuse during the first year of the pandemic, with vulnerable children and young people disproportionately harmed. When children and young people were lucky enough to return to school, the abuse sadly didn't stop. Most had to wear masks. Children were put in bubbles and forced to socially distance in class, some with perspex barriers between them. They were also instructed to socially distance from their friends in the playground, Many were subjected to regular PCR or lateral flow testing and had to scan QR codes when entering class. In some countries, example USA, students attended public schools 
and care facilities, and many still are, required to be fully vaccinated, despite the fact that they are at minimal risk from COVID, may already have natural immunity, and the vaccines don't stop transmission. Remember, this was a group least at risk from COVID. The most depressing aspect is we knew the fact at the beginning from the pandemic. At the beginning, we knew that fact right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yet we just kept on doubling down. So much for following the science. The impacts of the closures, protocols, and abuse will take years to fully research and understand, while long-term damage for many will be irreparable. For example, millions of children, particularly in the developing world, have already vanished from their respective education systems, greatly impacting life chances. We may also be sitting on a mental and physical health time bomb. Evidence of that is already being published by the bucket hit load. I have personally spoken to numerous students who remain deeply scarred by the closures and their treatment. Most importantly, we will need to rebuild trust. Children and young people should have been able to trust that with, uh, when the shit hit the fan, the adults in the room would protect and nurture them. Instead, we instantly sacrificed their health, well-being, and futures on the altar of panic and performative COVID protocols. At the launch of the Nelson Mandela Children's Fund in May of 1995, Nelson Mandela started his speech by saying, there can be no keener revelation of society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. And oh, how revelatory the past three years have been. Oh, how great is this article? So this is in a, 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 something called The Spectator out of Australia, written by Michael Jackson. While COVID here in the United States, Vox here in the United States, written by Brian Walsh, you couldn't find two articles. These are two articles that are about the same subject, the exact same subject. One in Vox written by someone who's a total moron who, who, who tries to rewrite history, recent history of the last 36 months, blaming a flu, blaming a virus, blaming a virus for children, children's lives being destroyed. Not the people who destroyed them. And here's Michael Jackson in Australia holding the politicians and the doctors feet to the fire. Writing about the reality of the situation, who was truly responsible, the true uh, negative, disruptive, disgusting effects of their policies. The way they basically, adults basically, legally, I put that in quotes because they should still be tried and go to jail, legally tortured children for three years, legally tortured children for three years. This is a keeper. Everyone should go and keep this article. Spectator.com.au. Spectator Australia, Michael Jackson. Written just today, February 24th. Maybe I'll try to get Michael Jackson on this show. Michael Jackson. Who is Michael Jackson? Not the singer. Uh, he's, he's written a lot of good stuff. You click on his name. A lot of good stuff. Yep, this is from April 30th of, of last year. A COVID retrospective. We contrarians warned of the harm lockdowns would do and have done. So he writes about that also. So a lot of good stuff here. A lot of good stuff for Michael Jackson. If only the media here, if only had real journalism here. If only we had real fucking journalists here. Real journalists who could do their job. Who would maybe write an article, a truthful article about Gavin Newsom and how destructive his policies were, how Gavin Newsom destroyed lives, killed people, destroyed the economy, destroyed an entire state over the course of 
less than three years. Maybe someone will write that article. There is one article. I do. I actually I want to get. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, do I want to get to this now? It's a long article. Do I want to read this now? You know what? I think I'll save this for tomorrow. It's really long, but it's good. Let me just preview it here. This is written in calmatters.org. And this is about uh, the California prison system and how Gavin Newsom moved to close four California prisons. How many more prisons can he shut? So this is basically in line. I'll read the first paragraph, which is great. California used to need lots and lots of prisons, big prisons, little prisons, prisons with special cells for gang leaders and prisons for those convicted of nonviolent financial chicanery. There were so many prisons packed, prisoners packed into so many prisons that federal courts intervened, mandating the state find a way to alleviate the overcrowding. At the inmate population's peak in 2006, California incarcerated 165,000 people in state prisons. Today, after a decade of sentencing reforms and a surge of releases tied to COVID-19, of course, California prisons house a little more than 95,000 people. So how many prisons does California actually need? So I'll read more about this tomorrow. Um, but we need, more, we, need, we need to open up more prisons. We don't need fewer prisons. The reason why so many people were in prison is because they committed crimes. You see, when you commit crimes, you go to prison. And you don't close prisons. The, the, way, you, the way you get crime down isn't by closing prisons and releasing felons, these, this fucking moron. You, you, you increase, you, you, you build more prisons, and you send people to those prisons. That's how you deter crime. It's, it's, it's this guy, I mean, seriously. The total, the total destruction of a state, the destruction of the largest state in the union of 40 million people by one slick hair. That's why I call him the hair gel king. That's what he is. He's the king of hair gel. All he cares about is his looks and his personal profile. By this this vapid playboy, how many lives he's destroyed, destroyed a, a, a once beautiful state. We can all. Right, left, conservative, independent, liberal, admit and agree that California was once a really great state where people wanted to go not just to live, but people wanted to go to vacation. Everyone lived, either lived California, knew someone that lived in California, had a friend that lived in California. And look at what he's done to it. Look at what the liberal elites have done to this state. Look what they've done to the cities like Los Angeles and mine, San Francisco. What'd you say, Mike? Robbing old Asians in San Francisco. Well, there's a lot of crime. Look, it's not the crime in San Francisco is. Yeah, it's it's getting worse. It's absolutely getting worse. Like all the other major cities. But the, the answer is not to close the prisons so they have nowhere to go. And that's what they, that's what these liberal DAs believe in, though. They believe in, like, we're going to close prisons. We want f- fewer people in prisons. They're too overcrowded. And since we have fewer prisons, there's less space to send people, so we have to release them into the open air. And I live in this open-air insane asylum. It's an open-air insane asylum filled with crime and homelessness and, 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 and uh, people walking around who physically assault people and – Get away with it. Rob grocery stores, rob convenience stores, rob drug stores on a daily basis and get away with it. Because this is their mentality. 
This is their mentality. That we don't, we should close all prisons. This is their, this is the left mentality. That we should close all prisons, right? That we should get rid of the police. That felonies need to be bargained down to misdemeanors because we have no prisons. The, The prisons are gone. We have no prisons to send people to. And that if anybody, if, if a, any citizen who's a victim tries to fight back, those people need to be prosecuted because you need to be taught you can't fight back. You need to be taught you must be a victim. You can't stand your ground here. You must give up your – this is California. You can't stand your ground. You must give up your ground, unlike a place like Florida or Texas or a normal state where you can stand your ground. You don't have to give it up. The other person has their own ground. They don't need to come into your ground, you see. No one's forcing – No one's forcing that person to prey on you and to come into your ground. They're doing that on their own accord. So the result, whether it's they are injured or killed or in jail, is their own fault. That's their own problem. But not here in California. You must let the poor criminals who have such terrible lives, they have no choice but to be criminals. You must let them rape you and rob you and loot you, loot your stores and destroy you. You must let them do that because you are privileged and they're not. So you must let them hurt and kill you and rob from you. This is, I'm not kidding. This is the liberal mindset. This is the liberal mindset. This is what they truly believe. White people should be guilty, they should feel privileged, and they should let others destroy them. If you have a store, you're privileged to have a store, you must let the, you must let the, 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 uh, the, the people who are not privileged, who grew up in poverty, who grew up without a father, you must let them rob from you. They have no other choice but to kill you. They have to. They want to survive. This is the liberal mindset. How, how insane. I, just saying those words, I think I'm going insane because it is so fucking Bat crap crazy. But this is what they believe. This is what the bleeding heart liberal believes. They think this will lead to a better society. Can you believe that? They truly believe that mindset will live to will lead to a better society. And look at the proof, man. Look at the proof. Look at those cities. They're such in great shape. Everyone wants to live there. Everyone feels everyone feels comfortable in big cities. Huh? Everyone wants to live there. They feel safe, secure, great quality of life because the left mindset, their narrative, their mentality, their policies are working so damn well. So damn well. I'd say we have to fight back. We're not allowed. But what it will we'll lead to, and I'll, uh, let me get to Andrew. It's going to lead to, Andrew, in my opinion, this is all going to lead to actual vigilantism. People are going to, they're actually going to be vigilantes, right? That's what's going to happen because the Travis Bickles of the world, or, you know, you see movies like Death Wish, that's going to become the norm because people are going to have, they've had it up to here, up to here, and they want to live, they want, they want to be safe. They want to be able to live their lives. They want a quality of life. And people are going to take it into their own hands because the left is destroying these cities. They're making policemen retire. They're defunding the police. They're closing the prisons. And people are going to have no choice but to fight back on their own. So that, that, that's what I believe it will eventually lead to if things don't change. Well, I, it's ironic that you say that because I called in to kind of make a similar point, honestly, on a different level. Um, when you're talking about things like street crime and violent crime and burglaries, 
I think a lot of that is local and can be, and, you know, I still consider myself left-wing in a lot of ways. And when I saw the George Floyd riots and all the defund the police stuff, um, it just, you know, it occurred to me what the solution that, that you said, that people are just going to start defending themselves. I thought that was the popular solution or, or the, the best idea I heard from anyone. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Democrat left that wants to take everybody's guns away, but a more hardcore pro-worker kind of like Marxist left that believed in arming everybody and that if they wanted to defend their cities, they could do that and they wouldn't need the police. And I've seen the right wing basically do that now where and it's not even right wing people. It's just and I've seen a lot of this in uh, news reports from California, even though I'm in Illinois, where, um, you know, private store owners who don't have any outward political affiliation have hired private security with displays of, uh, you know, um, open carry rifles in front of their stores and news crews have done stories on this where they've asked the customers, does this make you feel safer or does this make you feel scared? And most of them say it makes me feel much safer. So where are the police in that scenario? They're, do they're not doing their job because, you know, whatever reason. So they, uh, they hire private security and that's kind of the community taking care of itself. And I wish we could see more of that. But when you talk about vigilantism, and this is what I actually called in to talk to you about. I think that you just made a good case for why there needs to be accountability on the federal level for things that uh, affect everybody that aren't just a local thing that you can move away from. You can't move away from the country's COVID reaction as well as DeSantis handled it. He still had to lock down the first couple of weeks in the panic with everyone else. And the, the actions the federal government takes in terms of, you know, banning People, the, the people couldn't even get into the country for the longest time, you know, via plane or anything else. It, it, the whole the whole scenario was uh, a scale that affected everybody, no matter what actions you took locally to some degree. Now, you could definitely make it worse. And a lot of people did, including Republicans, I'd say. So where's the accountability? If we don't get accountability, which is why I asked about these hearings, because I think hearings would be a precursor to trials. Um, if we don't get accountability in that form, someone is going to take it in vigilante form. And there's one way to legitimize a revolution. And this is actually, uh, I think, something that's been a trend in our country, which is it's not just that a tragedy occurs or that some evil group does something and abuses the power of the government. It's that there's no redress. There is no peaceful redress that's the issue. And when you make it to the point where it doesn't matter who you vote in, it doesn't matter who's on the Supreme Court, it doesn't matter who the president is, there are certain issues that have some kind of force field around them. COVID is one of those. Ukraine war is one of those. Jeffrey Epstein is one of those. The Iraq war, no accountability whatsoever for any of the people that lied us into a war, a criminal war based on things that they could I could sit here and talk to you for an hour and prove to you that the people who fed that false intelligence about Al Qaeda getting anthrax from Iraq knew it was a lie when they fed it to the president. Never has been any accountability. So when this builds up over decades, I mean, my whole life, my introduction in second grade to American politics was 9-11. My whole life, there's been no accountability. Well, you know, Andrew, I'll let you keep going. I like what you're saying, but whether they're lying this lie, I, I talk about it all the time. I think they're lying, like you. 
But whether they're lying or incompetent, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They still need to be accountability. Yeah, and it varies, it it varies case by case, obviously, right? Right, right. It doesn't matter. They'll, look, the thing with Iraq war, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and you, you remember, do you remember like uh, they would show on the media, the videos, they would show the satellite of the, like these, these hangars and these places in Iraq and the people on the media, like people on CNN and, and so forth were saying, that's where they are. These so-called quote unquote experts on CNN and on ABC and NBC were like, there's the satellite image. See that building? That's where the weapons of mass destruction are. Hey, let's go to our next satellite image. And Andrew, it was all a total falsehood, right? Yeah, and I mean, I was was so young at the time that I had to learn this in retrospect. At the time, I thought, why are we doing this? What did they have to do with, why are we going to, and I was a kid, I was in second grade. Well, in 2001, I was in second grade, because that was 9-11. We went to Iraq in 2003, so I was a little bit older, but I was still a kid. So I don't have the detailed memory you have. I had to relearn. Yeah, well, this old old man remembers, Andrew. (laughs) You know, and I also remember being on the, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I will. I was on the right side of history back then. I was against the Iraq war from day one. Yeah, probably not just because it was Bush, unlike most Democrats, I'm sure. You actually had principles. No, but many Democrats were for the Iraq war, though. (laughs) Many Democrats were on this, especially the beginning, the first year, year and a half. Many Democrats were totally behind it also. And all these, all the left-leaning media were behind it, right? CNN, all all the lefties on the media, Dan Rather, uh, all of them. We're all for the Iraq war. They were all the, 100% behind the Iraq war. The ones that did protest, pro, a lot of them, and I'm not counting you in this, protested just because it was Bush. And as soon as Obama took over the wars, they disappeared. Oh, and no that, doubt about As it. a You're leftist, right. that right. burns me. But and Obama started several more. And Obama uh, uh, oh, yeah. started several more wars. Several more. Like seven but or eight, could, right? You can't criticize yeah. him because that's you think he's a Muslim or something if you say that. I, You know <laughs> – as the uh, vice president of the Bernie Sanders student organization at my college during the 2015 primary, mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to these like normie Democrats that, you know, you, you start out with the kind of radicals that kind of some of them actually know their stuff and you, you grow and you grow. And I'm trying to t- tell these people that Obama is actually funding Islamic extremists in Syria to overthrow a sovereign government. And they're looking at me like I'm talking Alex Jones stuff because they're trained to just think that that that's some kind of attack on his personhood that they link it to. Oh, you think Obama's a Muslim? They It's like they're trained. So, you know, well, it's I, like they're trained to say, you know, you're a Putin apologist. Russia, exactly. Russia, Russia. Yeah. You know, or, it's, or it's, under Bush, you are a terrorist lover. Yeah, of course. You are. Yeah. You're a domestic terrorist. They, domestic terrorist is one they like to use a lot. They bring that up for basically everything. And they're bringing yeah. it back, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, so, fucking people wandering around in the capital are domestic terrorists. Right, right? but it but, seems as though, Andrew, you and I have come up with a theme here, is that we are in an age now of no accountability. That's the problem. And right. the, But there will be accountability, and that's the problem. And the question is, who's going to take that accountability? And now, I'm not saying I would do anything because I you know, value my life and my freedom. I'm not looking to get into any kind of confrontation with uh, something that's much more capable at using violence than I am. I'm a follower of Chris Hedges and uh, anti-violent direct action, but I'm not everybody. And, you know, drones are pretty cheap and you can do some fancy things with them if you see the videos in Ukraine for, you know, it's so so who's going to take accountability? That's the question. And they get to answer that question. They being 
the people uh, you know in charge that have not been accountable. That's the problem. You're, who are you asking to hold accountable the people that are already in charge? You're, you're asking them to tell them themselves. And you would think that having two political parties would ameliorate this problem. But for some reason, it seems that in certain issues like Epstein, who under Trump, Bill Barr, completely fabricated the story about how that happened. And the, the idea that Bill Barr came out and I mean, Tuck, did you see Tucker Carlson did a segment on this? Uh, I, I, I'm sure I have seen it. I'm sure I've oh. seen it time, so. it, it was great. But that's it's just, you know, there's no accountability for that. <laughs> it's literally using American, our daughters, our children as rape bait for spy rings that have blackmail that, 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 that goes to my point also about, you know, Lance had talked about Fox News being full of shit, but they're not because someone like Tucker Carlson and Fox News will will do that story. You won't right. see that story on MSNBC, CNN or any of the legacy media. That's why Fox News is important in a lot of reasons. Simply, they'll, cons- cover, yeah. you know, they'll cover the stories other the legacy media won't. And my conspiracy brain almost says that Tucker Carlson is I, I, I ask myself, why is he allowed to do this? And I think that well, it, it's it's like he's he look has at, look the at the ratings. To, look at his ratings. So. He has the freedom to do it because of the ratings. But also, I think that someone could shut him down if they really. I mean, they, he said that the NSA was spying on him when he figured uh, what was he doing? He was going to talk to someone and he figured out that the NSA was spying on him. Someone told him that he was being surveilled, essentially. Yes, yes, and yes. So they have right. ways of shutting people down and controlling people, even if they have ratings. And to me, it's like Democrats, it's the same thing with Obama. You tell them a fact that if it comes from Tucker Carlson's mouth, half the country won't believe it. Right. Of course. Just, and so now it's like a rift in reality where you have someone saying a true thing where half the country is just not going to believe it now because they're, they're just, I mean, you know, it's not half the country. That's what we, I think the only note of optimism is that the amount of people that have faith in either political party is shrinking. And, I think that's a direct result of the lack of accountability. Everybody's mad that some of the biggest questions of our time have gone completely unaddressed in a well, serious but, but way. But that's the brainwashing. It's just swept under the rug. That's the brainwashing of people is that they believe everything one person says is accurate and everything some other person says is inaccurate. As though there's no middle ground, there are no shades of gray. Everything's so black and white to so many Americans. And so, yes, the left is absolutely absolutely um, accountable for for that mindset of, oh, if you see it on Fox, it has to be false. Oh, if it comes out of Tucker Carlson's mouth, it has to be. And once again, these are the same people who probably never watched Fox for a full day or never watched one full one-hour episode of Tucker Carlson over the years, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. The most they've yeah. seen are clips on their social media accounts or on CNN or MSNBC where they will edit the clip the way they want to edit it. You know, and that's all there is to it. Now, I can't stand Don Lamone. I think he's a moron. <laughs> Don Lamone said the sky was blue. I wouldn't say the sky's not blue because Don Lamone says it. You know, no, sometimes, it's, people, sometimes people say things that are accurate. You know, you know people, people that like to say they don't follow the mainstream media, that if they take a contrarian view that Don Lamone said the sky mm-hmm. is blue, so it must be red, they're just as controlled. They're just as sheep-like. They just, of course. They're, they're being, and so that's part of the problem. If we had a more anti-partisan media, Maybe we'd have some accountability. I, you know, like I said, I hope we hear some of these hearings, but I do not expect the Fox to report on itself being inside the hen house. And it's it's not a partisan issue to me personally. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But, you know, but, but, I, but also, I hope there's also, accountability. Let me tell you, I, I don't, I'm not here to kiss Fox's ass, but let me tell you also a difference I've learned because I, Micah Chopley, have watched years and years worth of CNN and years and years worth of MSNBC and years and, worth, years and years worth of Fox. Hell, when I was in radio, CNN was the only thing around, so I used to watch them all the time. Um, I can tell you that at least with something like the Ukraine war, let's say, let's take the Ukraine war. If you watch CNN and MSNBC, almost 100 percent, almost 100 percent, OK, of the people on those stations will be pro pro what we're doing, pro the United States current involvement. Fox, yeah, 75, 80 percent are, but they still have that 20 percent that is contrarian. And Fox allows them to be there. OK, they allow Laura Ingram to voice her concern about the uh, uh, Ukraine war. They allow Rachel Campos Duffy to, to talk about how America should be first and we shouldn't be doing all this shit in Ukraine. They allow those people to be on there. Tucker Carlson, their highest rated show. He thinks much of it is bullshit, right? Yeah, he's, they he's allow that there. They will ne- MSNBC or CNN, oh, wait a minute, Andrew, MSNBC or CNN will never allow the left-wing version of Tucker Carlson to be on their broadcast saying that stuff. About Biden. Right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to give a network credit when they don't censor or they don't suppress or they don't stop people from on the network having a different point of view from the quote unquote majority or the majority of people on that network. And that's what Fox allows for that the others do not. The others are simply, as, as Glenn Greenwald has said, just simply they repeat the same thing. They talk to each other. They don't talk to anybody else, but they, people in their own circles, in their own little vacuum, and they repeat the same mantra over and over and over again. And they don't even think about talking to the other side or even think about facts that might refute their narrative. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with it. And that's something that Fox, you have to give Fox credit for, not just on Ukraine, but on Donald Trump. I want you to try to find one person on CNN one prominent person, the, the, let's say the, the, um, the equivalent of Tucker Carlson, the Laura Ingram on CNN and MSNBC that is allowed to go on daily and, and criticize Obama or is allowed to go on daily and criticize Joe Biden or is allowed to go on daily and criticize Gavin Newsom. Not allowed. They will not allow it. You will not see it. Yet Tucker Carlson, yet Laura Ingram especially, is totally critical of, of Donald Trump. She's always yeah. been very critical of Donald Trump. Okay, and there are several people on on Fox who are critical of Donald Trump. So, at least they allow for some kind of dissent. And oh, I some, agree. You know, some some kind of um, what do you what what I want to call it? Not middle ground, but some some kind of you know contra- people being contrarian to what the majority of people on that network might believe or say. And that's something that I have found. Once again. I am a guy who's watched hours and hours and hours of each of those networks. So I have the right. I have the right to be critical. I have the right to uh, I have an informed, intelligent opinion. I'm not one of those people like on the right who never watch a moment of MSNBC, but hate it all. Or someone on the left who hasn't watched a moment of Fox yet hate it all. I have been fair. I am a good critic. I give all the sides there say, okay, and I I can say with utmost precision that Fox News is much better at what they do than CNN. I mean, this is why they get such high ratings. I mean, the, really, the proof is in the pudding, right, Andrew? I mean, CNN's ratings are in the dump. Well, yeah, 
MSNBC's ratings are half of what Fox's are. Because I think most people agree, most people can see that one network is definitely, definitely much more. I never liked when Fox News said fair and balanced. I don't like when any kind of news agency says that about themselves. And it's all, it's still mostly opinion, right? It's people giving their, it's news talk. It's people giving their opinion of the news, on the news. But they are much more fair and balanced when it comes to the overall coverage than CNN or, or MSNBC is. And like I say, that's an educated opinion. That's an educated opinion. I, unlike a lot of people, I've seen the movie. That always bothered me with movies, right? When people say, oh, that thing is so homophobic. Have you seen it? No, but I've heard, right? <laughs> you remember, what was that movie? That, that was the Basic Instinct? Yes, I remember. Once again, you're too young, Andrew. But Basic Instinct was it Sharon Stone? Was that Sharon Stone, Michael Douglas? Yeah. They were, there were people protesting it, saying it was so, what was it, anti-lesbian, homophobic, gay bashing. And you talk to these people. And you say, did you see the movie? No, no, but I've, I've seen reviews. I've seen reviews. Come on, man. You can't get more ignorant than that. <laughs> to me, you can't have an opinion about something unless you've actually experienced it, right? You well, can't it's, have. A, it's not an opinion that's based on fact. It's an opinion that's based on some kind of social or moral signaling that you know the answer before you see. You know the answer based on the question, not based on any fact. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, yes, you, exactly. You, you're yeah. trained to respond. It's social programming. And I agree with everything you said about Fox News, by the way, and to even add to it, Tucker Carlson in particular has had on some extremely left wing people multiple times like Jimmy Dore, Aaron Maté. Uh, Michael Tracy's not really left wing, but he's like liberal ish, left leaning ish. Um, yeah, and, well, you, know, you, you would think the left you would think the left wing station would have them on. Why don't they? They can't. They can't. They can't because they. The, the thing that Fox News is doing is allowing for actual news to go through that challenges certain narratives, whether it's Russiagate or Bingo, you know, Bingo. Uh, Twitter exactly. files, whatever else it might be. Exactly, because Jimmy, Jimmy Dore might say something on MSNBC that goes against the MSNBC narrative. Yeah, <gasps> and then what do they do? What, what do <gasps> they do? They, they have to have someone there to uh, basically uh, put, put a pacifier in the mouths of their audience. And why are they afraid to, calm to do them that? Down. And why are they afraid? To, they're afraid that one person's mind who watches that station might be changed. And well, they don't want that. Well, sorry about that. Uh, right, they, I, they, they don't want that. I, I always wonder how much it is a uh, distinction between I ideology and ratings. And obviously with uh, CNN, they just suck at ratings. And I think they uh, there's been just a Trump derangement syndrome in general in society. So it, you just everything has become I mean, Biden's so irrelevant. It, it, he just didn't have the same effect as Trump, really, where everything became about what did Trump say about this? And then every every reaction that every entity had was yeah. uh, reacting to Trump's reaction. Right. Well, and I'll, and I'll give you a personal point of view. I mean, I like I said, before I watched Fox pre-COVID, I didn't watch Fox that much. I did watch it a little bit more during the Bernie Sanders campaigns, because when I was on Bernie's side, which I no longer am, as everyone knows, um, <laughs> Tucker Carlson would give him a fair deal, right? Tucker Carlson would be fair to Bernie during the primaries at MSNBC and CNN, who had to push the had to push Hillary and Biden, right? And and Tucker Carlson would actually give Bernie's side, would actually show Bernie's speeches, would actually would actually be fairer and kinder to Bernie Sanders than the left wing stations. Now, does that make any sense? 
shouldn't the left wing stations have been fairer to Bernie Sanders? Well, I think what the I think this truth is that the right doesn't see Bernie as a threat, so they have him on. And the 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 MSNBC branch used to see now not so much anymore, which you see Bernie on all the time now. I mean, he's a good boy. He's a controlled opposition. Democrat. <laughs> yeah, of course. But no, but wait a minute, Andrew. I guarantee you, if uh, if Bernie Sanders, let's say, twenty fifteen Sanders, they wouldn't let on. Well, they won't let on the twenty twenty four Sanders if he's running as president again. Really? They'll do the same shit again if he's running. Let's see how tepid he is. Let's say let's say hypothetically he ran against Joe Biden. They would never give him any time. They you know would never. What, <laughs> wait a minute. You think of wait. You think of Bernie Sanders on MSNBC. If Bernie Sanders is running against Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris, they're going to give Bernie Sanders the time of day. They'll treat him the same way they did the first two times. Yeah, they have I to think back the would, establishment candidate. It would be similar, but I think they know they've got him under control now. He's always going to bend the knee at the end of the day. They can always beat him in a primary. So they're they're going to. I think they kind of. You know, he's kind of been neutralized. From my, and he's – I kind of do agree with you for the most part. I just think that they are not as worried as they were back in 2015 when he's running around talking about revolution and filling But, you know, I, I, agree, I, I agree with you on the reasons why Tucker put him on. But I still – but the, the the fact of the matter is he was still telling the truth. Oh, yeah. He was, he oh, was yeah. telling the truth more about Bernie than CNN, MSNBC was. That's what he's I'm letting saying. Him make, he's letting right. him make his own case. Yeah, right, he, exactly, exactly. He was letting yeah. him make his own case, unlike those networks who would give him no time compared to Hillary and Biden and Trump, right? So yeah. the, fa- the fact of the matter is, is that – so that's when I watched a little bit. I wanted to get back to the reason. That's why I watched a little bit of Tucker back then. But then once COVID came, then I really dumped uh, MSNBC mm-hmm. and CNN and started watching Fox more, and I'd watch Tucker Carlson more. And all I could think about every time I watched him was – what the hell does does the left hate so much about this guy? I don't I don't get it. He even covers issues they would actually be on the side of if they watched him. He actually covers things that they would the left would. I, I think there are a lot of progressives who hate Epstein, right? Who would love to hear stuff about Epstein and how horrible he was and all that stuff that the, that CNN and MSNBC won't cover that he does. You know, it's like there are stuff he covers that mm. they. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. The harm to children for various things, whatever it may be, he covers it. Right. He has on Tucker Carlson has on gay people who write who were transitioning. OK. And can talk personally about the transition process. These same people that MSNBC would never put on. Right. So Tucker Carlson's putting on gays and lesbians to talk about their issues. And, and CNN is not MSNBC or not. It's so absurd that the left has no real clue what his show's about. They just don't. Yeah, and I, I just don't see – I see that as a problem with people in general, honestly. And maybe it's the le- – tell me if I'm wrong. There's two things I was going to say, and they're related. It, it, to me, it seems like it's been inverted because when I was growing up, I remember there being kind of more dissent among the left Democrats and that the kind of like right-wing back in the day of Bill O'Reilly being big on Fox, they were really good at – getting everyone together on point on the same topic. It seemed like they were a much more unified. It, it seems like almost the roles are reversed to some degree. Is that at all true? Because I agree with what you're saying. You can't find dissent. Uh, could you find serious dissent against the Iraq war on Fox news when Bill O'Reilly was the flagship show? I don't really think so, but today you can't find criticism of Russiagate on MSNBC. 
and you can find, like you said, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying about Tucker Carlson or Fox in general. My, my problem is just I don't see humanity changing their habits. And I wish, you know, if I could just snap my fingers, I would have Tucker Carlson, like, leave Fox News and start a Substack or something. Just some kind yeah, of – Well, wait a minute. You haven't seen his bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some, not, he ain't leaving Fox News anytime soon. There's no doubt. Yeah, I, I know. I just I wish there was some non something that wasn't tainted with partisanship like Fox News has been historically. Just because I don't think I I don't know how to uncondition these people to be able to just you know I think it takes like personal one on one effort which you know we can't really sit down with every individual person in our lives and try to get them to watch Tucker Carlson or whatever. You know it's kind of a I just don't see it changing that that people are going to open up their eyes. I wish there was a a, a nonpartisan media, you know, where people like Tucker Carlson and someone that's good on the left, you know, like uh, Aaron Maté or something could be in the same media organization. I, well, why is that so difficult? CNN pretends, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I like that idea. I and really why like CNN pretends to do this when yeah. really they just have people like Don Lamont on? It's it's you know they're they're parody, they're a cartoon. Everybody you know, laughs. CNN used to do something called Crossfire. I don't know if you've but wasn't Tucker that on that, right? Who's thinking? Wasn't Tucker on that? Tucker Carlson. He might have been. You mean you mean very young Tucker Carlson? Yeah, 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 yeah. John yeah, but, Stewart went on once. I thought. But that was a good show because that was, you know, what they would do on Crossfire is they have someone from the left and someone from the right. So it'd be like, you know, um, it would be like, let's say, Paul Begala and the left and Newt Gingrich from the right. And they and they for an hour, they would debate issues. And that was a great show. But CNN somehow, for some reason, abandoned that. They abandoned that and they became basically left wing talk. And, and, and what happened to their ratings? Down the shitter. Down the shitter. You know, so I don't know why this new guy doesn't try to go back to that kind of a thing again. Well, you can from both sides on debating issues, make it entertaining, have real personalities on there. You know, they used to have like from the left, they would have James Carville, who we know was a great personality from the left. And they have someone from the right who was a really great personality from the right. And they'd go at it. And it was a very entertaining hour. And they got rid of that. And the only reason why you'd get rid of something like that is because you don't want both sides. Correct. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but was uh, politically incorrect Bill Maher's old show? Was that a CNN show before he got fired and went to HBO because of the 9/11 stuff? No, I don't. Well, I don't. What, I, I wasn't he on ABC? Wasn't I have no network? idea. Yeah, I thought it was. I have a look at it. Up. I, th- I thought it was a network show. <clears throat> okay, well, that's HBO. that's the kind of content though it's a similar idea of having this mix of people i you know i can't really tolerate bill maher anymore but i still like the idea of his show even though his panel has gotten worse and worse over the years in my opinion but just you know wasn't that kind it called, of thing wasn't it called make... politically incorrect is that what it yeah, was yeah. Correct, yeah right yeah. it was called politically incorrect before this one that was the that was the previous one and that was from 19 oh comedy central oh, oh interesting i don't remember that do you well, it was before my time, but I remember Bill Maher talking about it, and I've looked it up, and I've seen some stuff on YouTube, so I, I, I know about it vaguely, but not enough to know what network it was on, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it was, from 80, it was from 93 to 02. It premiered on Comedy Central in 93. Wow, was it that long ago? Holy. Oh, okay, so AB, then ABC bought it. ABC mm, okay. got it. And from 97, and, uh, it was on ABC. Okay. So it's on Comedy Central, ABC, and then HBO is the new thing he does. The real. The ah, I yeah. see that as an edgy, uh, edgy crossfire, right? Essentially, uh, real time is good because he has all different people, right? Left, right, it doesn't matter. 
But even even, Bill, even we've watched Bill Maher move more to the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on many right? issues, for sure, for sure. Sure. Yeah. He's, he's, he's still a Russiagate crank. I can't I can't watch him because his Russiagate derangement is just it's it's like a sickness. Him that Trump derangement and Russian derangement. But you're right. He's moved right on many issues. Uh, you mean Russia derangement with Ukraine? Well, just generally, he thinks that Russia hacked the election. He thinks that Russia took over Donald Trump's presidency because they had some blackmail. He believes in all the lies that, you know, Matt Taibbi comes on and he tries to explain to Bill Maher the reality of the situation. And Maher just is pathologically uh, inclined to not be able to ingest this information um, about the, the, the falsehoods of Russiagate. And, you know. Bill Maher says he likes Matt Taibbi so much, and he likes him on other stuff, like Twitter file stuff. He's one of the few people in media that even talks about Twitter files. So I have to give Bill Maher credit to there to, to that extent. He does yeah. talk about the Twitter files. Right. But then he can't absorb the information about Russiagate. It's just like he's got a mental barrier up, and, and that, that kind of thing just drives me crazy. But in general, he has moved to the right on social issues. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. No doubt. But I think it's also the part of like being sane. And he's talked about that many times. He's talked about the lack of common sense, you know, in the Democratic Party and all that stuff, you know. So I think I think that's uh, also part of it. Andrew, anything else? No, I just, uh, you know, we need less partisanship, less people that uh, have a light switch brain and can actually think for themselves. And uh, I appreciate your show, Mike. It's very good. And I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, I think we're going to wrap up two hours into the show. That was great. Good show. Who called today? Daniel called, Andrew called, uh, who else called? Lance called, Vlad called. All right. And everyone else listening right now, watching, listening, watching, listening. You know, I could do that. I, I don't think I want to, though. I don't, I don't think I want to hear, you know, because it's like, I don't know. I got to, you know, but this is what I feel when it comes to, this, you know, doing this beta thing on here where you can, like, show yourself. You can have the, it, it I feel if you're going to show yourself, on a podcast or anything, you should look like they do on Fox. <laughs> you should look. Like I don't mean hot women. I mean they should be. You know, look like just. I should look like Jesse Waters. And I, unless I have a, a real professional makeup person here, I'm never going to look like Jesse Waters. <laughs> so, so you know, um, yeah. Video's overblown. Is that right, Andrew? Um, okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. I was wondering if uh, the other shows were doing it. I was wondering if like I'm the only show that's not doing it. But uh, I think it's overblown, too. And I believe I come from a talk radio black background. I believe in talk. Ra- even now, I know. Believe me, I know my friends in radio now and they put on the cameras sometimes. So even talk radio, you know, it's like it's like entering the video revolution, I guess. Right. But I, I don't know. I, I just believe in the I like the um, not anonymity. That's wrong. Uh, I like the uh, I think it's more personal. I think it's much more personal. I think the radio and aud- just being on audio is just a much more intimate medium. I just do. I really do. And like I said, I need a professional, you know, makeup person to look good. I got to look good. I got to look like Tucker at least, you know. So, but um, I want to remind everyone that next Monday, this coming Monday, the 27th, the show and Let's Be Heard will be on prime time. I'm getting a promotion. No, just for a day. I'm giving myself a promotion just for a day. And I'll be on at 730 Pacific, uh, 1030 Eastern time with John Dennis, who is the chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party. And we'll talk about a lot of stuff. He ran against Pelosi a couple of times. I'm trying to get him to run for Senate for Feinstein's seat, but I don't know if I'll be successful at that. Um, and that's that. But until then, this show airs as usual 
weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time. And I'll see you, by the way, tomorrow night. I'll be right back here with a great show and also reviews of the films, two films that are very alike, Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution. <laughs> Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution. Uh, 11 p.m. Pacific tomorrow night, okay? But until then, until then, this is Mike Achopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.